0: what's going on everyone it's not the voice you're used to hearing start things off this is shanair duran the second elliot is enjoying a vacation a well-earned vacation so with me today i have ted how you doing man
1: Doing all right. Doing all right. Doing uh feeling better about two wins for this team. Yeah. Feeling better about this team right now than DC United that's saying a lot. How things have gone there?
0: Oh, the saying things have kind of turned around, flipped around. But um <laughs> just uh for those of you that may just be getting into the podcast. Why don't you let them know You know your background and what you yeah.
1: do? Yeah, so my name is Ted Meyer. Um, I'm a, a co-host in RFK Refugees, which we cover DC United. Um, we're also kind of expanding into other Washington teams. We're not talking kickers. We're going to leave that to, to Shaneer and Elliott. Um, so we're going to secede, secede that turf to them. Um, <laughs> and I'll come on the show occasionally and help out whenever I can. Um, been a soccer fan all my life. Uh, watched DC for years. Always had kind of one eye on the kickers and then moved here to Richmond and um, have been a season ticket holder since, I think since I moved back from 2015. Always gotten season tickets. Love love going to games, love watching the team even when they're bad. Um, and uh, for for those of you out here, my opinions on David Bulo
0: are Bulo in Bulo forever. <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be touching on that a little bit later. Yeah, but um, first, sure. before we go into... Um, the Richmond Kickers stuff. The first thing we did want to bring up is outside of League One, going into USL Championship, um, about the Rochester Rhinos. Yeah. Um, this is their second year in hiatus. I'm not sure what is going on over there. Then um, they're saying that they could be be the hiatus may extend to next season wow. as well, like to <sighs> 2020. I mean, that's just,
1: I mean, it, to me that just shows just how incredibly fortunate. As as much as we've suffered through bad seasons, at least we've had a team to watch. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the Rochester Rhinos. I mean, they are still the only USL team in the modern era to win the Open Cup. Um, yeah. Since 96 or since MLS was formed. Longtime team. I mean, there's another podcast that does like Six Degrees of Rochester Rhinos with one of the other hosts if you ever listen to... Um, if you ever listen to uh, open wire for some soccer and they're like, you know, every 6 months podcast, it's it's it shows just how volatile like lower league soccer is in this country. It's gotten a hell of a lot better. It used to be even worse, but yeah. I mean, just a team like Rochester who's just been such a staple. Um and also just how quickly I mean there's a lot of backstory as to why they sort of have collapsed um the way they have. Uh there's a lot of you know anger amongst youth clubs and how they felt treated, and sort of a flip contrast to what the kickers have done, which they've yeah. always just been a part of the community.
0: And, yeah. and everything.
1: So, sorry, I didn't mean to hijack your point. No, there. no, that's fine. No, <laughs> I mean you know
0: more about what's going on up there than I do. Yeah. Um, when I found out about this, I was a bit taken aback. Um, the biggest, the the only thing that has really allowed me to know more about rochester is actually is a bit of a selfish reason in terms of the kickers like former kickers players <laughs> hugh roberts that did a little stint there i think he did a season or two there after he left the richmond kickers and um you know we all loved hugh roberts yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so i was following him finding out how he was doing and things but other than that i mean i didn't think things were that bad in rochester I mean, things have always just
1: been, it's just been, it, they had such support, I mean, they were talking about, like, late 90s being an MLS team, like, mm. there was a huge push to do that, and they kind of missed that boat. Yeah. Um, but and now
0: to go downhill to the point where they can't even, you know.
1: There, there were ownership issues and all kinds of things, so, I mean, it just shows just, I think, how fortunate we are here in Richmond. Yeah. Um, to have a team engaged, and just how quickly things can flip in soccer, um, and everything like that, so... Yeah.
0: Um, Well, we're going to hope for the best for the Rochester Rhinos. Hopefully they can get themselves back in. Because, you know, with the Richmond Kickers being another team that, you know, has won the U.S. Open Cup. That's, you know, there's that camaraderie. There's that, you know, welcome to the club. And at this point, we don't want to see a team go through something like this. Especially in in here where we are... Really trying to allow soccer to grow and to expand and to be at least close enough to the level of what we're seeing in Europe. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been like, you know, like I just think about,
1: like, I just got back from, from Topsail Island, um, which, if you don't know where that is, is basically right near Wilmington. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my dad and I would always check the Wilmington Hammerhead schedule when we mm-hmm. would travel down there. And I think one time, like, we made, like, three games. Like, we went nice. like, Saturday, we went Wednesday for an Open Cup game, and we went Saturday, like, Friday before we left. Um, so, like, and then just, like, we, we, like there's nothing there now. It's kind of like, we kind of go down there, we can't even go to a game anymore. Yeah. It's just, it, it, and, you know, the, there's a, if you, I don't know if you all listen to the American Soccer Show and Jason Davis, his, his old philosophy is, like, the most important thing for, like, a lower division club to do is just to exist, yeah. Just to be there. And exactly. the Kickers have done that. You know, Harrisburg sort of has done that. They're hopefully they're coming back.
0: Charleston's done Charleston's that. Charleston's
1: done that. I mean, they've been around and that's that's hugely important. Yeah. Um, so I hope I hope the Rochester has come back. I hope they can mend some ties. Um, I hope it's not the end of, you know, they already lost the Western New York Flash, their women's team after they won a championship. because mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my, my dream my my dream would be to have just like every single city that has you know, you know, you know, over five hundred thousand people or two hundred thousand people like has a team, like you know, yeah. you, you go to England and that's the way it is. So I'd love to have it here in the U.S. Yeah, as I mean, well. even
0: in England, you find even the non-league teams like you find little towns that still have a team. Yeah, and uh, you know, we're we're, we're going to get there because I I do see a lot of teams that are going to be coming up in areas like Nebraska mm-hmm. and. Nevada, and so those are the areas where we didn't think soccer was going to really, you know, come big. But it, it's it's coming, it's coming. So um, speaking of Charleston Battery, um, we're gonna switch gears here into um, they recently had a game postponed with uh, Swope Park, yeah, and
1: the bus accident, yeah.
0: So. At the time of hearing the news, there wasn't a lot out there. So, the game got postponed. Uh, Charleston Battery's bus was involved in a car accident. Um, at this point now, we're not hearing that there are any injuries that were sustained by any players. I think, all, I think for the most part, all the players are okay. Yeah, I would heard pretty much they
1: were released. Everybody okay. was released. Everybody's good. I, I don't think they were... Any issues? I mean, that's another club that is kind of no one really knows what's going on with them either. Yeah. As far as what their status is and, and everything, and yeah, you know, we have the article about you know certain clubs not meeting certain standards. You know, does Charleston still fall in that regard? You
0: know. Yeah, and uh, and that's again, that's another that another one that hits close to home for us as Richmond Kickers fans because there is that kind of friendly rivalry with Charleston Battery with mm-hmm. them. For, I mean, Richmond Kickers fans like to say that we're the longest-running club. Oh, yeah. And the con- the longest-continuous-running club in the country, but if you really think about it, it's only by one day. <laughs> because <laughs> Charleston Battery, the next day, had their first game yeah. as well. So there is that sense of we're the old boys, yeah. and, you know, ho- hopefully everything's okay. Hopefully that doesn't... I know it's not, it, it, no one's injured, but hopefully it doesn't hurt the pockets too much with regards to the bus. Yeah. But, <laughs>
1: well, I mean, I, I, would, I, would, I would hedge the bet. I'm sure there's some sort of like charter bus system they use. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's insurance. I mean, we see James River Transport, uh, you know, come. it's not a situation where a team has a bus and they're bussing themselves. I mean, they're flying yeah. to Richmond. And Take, yeah, taking the James River transport into the stadium probably pretty much as soon as they arrive or yeah. from the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, hopefully, you know, glad like no one's seriously injured, exactly. Um, exactly. Glad everybody's all right, we certainly send our best out down to our our brethren, our old brethren from USL championship and USL days. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> all right, so now. check out the latest podcast and your famous MLS, USL Championship, and League One team, then I would tell you to go check out BGN. Big, beautiful game network. The website is BGN.FM.
1: The main event. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the main event. Um, Richmond Kickers on Friday, unusual day, took on Toronto FC. Friday at four PM. At four PM. <laughs> unusual day and unusual
1: time. Um uh, It's becoming typical, I mean, with a lot of these two teams. Yeah. It's it's got. Like do they not have control of that stadium? Like why are they I don't understand, I guess, why they play that game at four PM.
0: It's not like they're sharing the stadium with the with the first team. I mean, move it to yeah. five or five thirty. Does
1: that stadium not have lights? Is that an issue? Is that the issue? I don't know. I can't remember. if I saw lights out there. It, it didn't. I,
0: from what I saw, watching the game, it, I don't know if they did. Yeah. And because and, and if they don't, then that'll that'll explain a lot. But, eh. Oh well. Yeah. Four p.m. on a Friday. Uh, Things weren't looking so good. They look like they look like you know they had the
1: win. Last week, um, again, at home, which I wish I could have there. Yeah. Of course, some game, I'm not there. They win and they score a goal. Yeah. I uh, no, <laughs> result. Um, you know, it, to me, this looked like a game where, it, I always say in soccer, it's like, you have teams, you know, a team's skill and a team's talent, you know, can make a difference in, in sometimes what, how a team does. Um, and sometimes you have teams that should not be as bad as they are, but there's just nothing that's going right for them. Yeah, either bad luck or anything like that. And I think that's been kind of the case with the Richmond Kickers at this point. Yeah, it's just like you know they've had games where you know you look at it and say, man, they could have had a chance or two to make it one nothing, and just nothing is going their way. Exactly, and it's just going poorly. Like even the game against North Texas, they had a huge improvement over the last time they played them. Oh, yeah, but they it's just,
0: just within the first 14 minutes, yeah. two goals and lights out, game's yeah. over. And yeah.
1: finally this game, it seemed like finally they were getting a little bit of luck on their side. Yeah. Um, a free kick. We still we still don't know quite who who did the free kick. Um, We've sitting right
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we had some luck. But, but before we talk about the goals, um, the formation. Um, same as... Against Orlando City B, with a the kind of three five two or three five one one, with uh, who was it uh, Gallardo sitting behind Chin mm-hmm. as kind of like a center forward, and Chin being the top striker. Um, just it worked last time. Tried it again, and it seemed to be working. And from what I of the game now when you look at the the stats like possession was strongly in Toronto's favor it was like 60-40 but same amount of shots on goal the passing was somewhat similar so basically it it just went to show that the kickers were uncharacteristically playing a little more direct Mm -hmm. playing a little more get the ball and let's get forward and try something
1: I almost wonder if it signals a change from Bulo. It's just like he's realizing he doesn't... He He's tried to play this sort of possession style play if it's almost like at this point I need to abandon it because this team needs results. Yeah. However it comes and I, I'm not going to concern myself with how the team looks or how the team plays. Yeah. Um, and, you know, credit to him for trying something new um, and not just... You know, he could have grounded himself in this idea of like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it and... He makes an adjustment, and so far it's worked. It's worked pretty well. Uh, Another
0: key thing at kickoff, no Maxi Rodriguez for the second time to start. And the only thing I can, I'm going to take a stab at a guess as to why. We saw against Orlando City B that the kickers have of a sort slightly reinvented themselves. In terms of the way they play. And... I just feel that the players that he had starting last week and the players he had starting against Toronto are more equipped for that system. And probably... Maxi is still taking time. Because maxi's is your typical defensive midfielder. Protecting the back line. Um... Basically, yeah, basically protecting the back line and dishing out passes from the midfield. When you saw uh, Matt Bulldog in the middle, I mean, he was flying at defenders. He was yeah. just, just flying forward. I mean, the amount of times he ran at a defender, I I, I lost count after in the first half yeah. and. That's not really Maxi's game. So I don't know if maybe until he's a little more used to this new system, he's going to be used as a utility player because Maxi Rodriguez has a lot of talent and a lot of skills that the team does need. Um, and he did come on as a sub um, in the 70th minute. So yeah. to kind of just to finish out the game he came on for Gallardo just
1: just, just to hold on just to just to yeah just to We're be basically
0: down. yeah to lock things down you have Troyer out there you put Maxi out there so you've got two solid defensive midfielders defensive minded midfielders who can basically make sure that to shut down shop for the rest of the game but hopefully, hopefully we'll see Maxi um back in the starting lineup because I mean as as captain I really liked him as a captain mm-hmm. as a captain of the team he really took charge um, I
1: mean it's also a case of just you know something's not working and the coach has to make a decision on to get things working again um, yeah I mean you know I think we've all kind of you know Resigned ourselves to the fact that this is a much larger project, rebuilding project than I think we anticipated yeah. coming into this league. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think I think what's happened is is that he says, you know, the team was leaking goals constantly, and I think the yeah. formation change was sort of a design to say, okay, we need to stop, we need to stop the damage, and here's how I think we're going to do that, and we're not going to be as pretty or as build up or anything like that but we're, we're just this is how we're gonna roll out so. yeah and it may be you know it may be just those those matchups are better for those two games we might see something completely different you know um, in the next game or in, you know in, in different formation but I mean the the two wins move this from a I don't think this team is making the playoffs to I still want like to make in the playoffs, but hey, you know they have an outside shot now. Yeah, they're and
0: also they're they're playing a lot better. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, they look like they're having a lot more fun. This game was really end to end. I mean, it was literally periods of time where Toronto were hammering at the door, then all of a sudden it would just flip and the Kickers are hammering at the door for yeah. five, six, seven, eight minutes. <clears throat> so now going into the goals. Um, For the first part of the game, the kickers were pushing and dominating, but against the run of play, um, Toronto opened the scoring with um, uh, their midfielder, Okello, runs a ball down, um, literally just outside the six-yard box on the goal line, keeps it in, chips it across. Um, The ball gets kind of... Bumbles around a little bit and comes out to, um, strangely enough, the ESPN uh, announcer was calling him Serbel. Yeah, it's, I, 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 I see it see as Serbeli. Serbeli uh, yeah. uh, or Cerbelli. Cerbelli. Yeah. So, Cerbelli is now in a position where he's at a kind of difficult angle. But there is a Toronto player, and I think it was their forward, Akinola, who tripped over Akwe. And so you have Aqua and just tangle of bodies blocking Joe Rice's view of the ball and he just rips the shot. And yeah. And you can tell by Joe Rice's reaction that he sees the ball late. There's no way he can react to that ball coming. So unfortunately they, they start with the scoring and it, you're, kind of, you're, thinking, you're thinking, here we go again. Exactly, you're thinking, here we go again. And also, I'm also thinking in terms of on an individual level, like, this is not a good start for Joe. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, yes, I know some people would say, oh, he doesn't paint himself in glory in this. But if you really look at it, there's just a mess in front of him. And yeah. for him to see that ball... If he, I mean, if he had made that save, that probably sh- should have been save of the week. Yeah. Because seeing how that ball just zipped right past him, and yeah. he just, you can see he twitches when the ball is literally level with him. So that's when he got to see it.
1: And I am make an argument, he, he should get to that cross. As a keeper, he kind of goes and does a half punch of it. Yeah. But, it, you know, as a keeper, you need to be strong and firm, and you need to... Get if you're going to come out of that box, you better come away with at least a piece of the ball, yeah. Or
0: if you're going to punch it, that that ball better be at least leaving the 18 yard box, yeah. Yeah, So, but it's unfortunate. But then, (laughs)
1: 30, 30, about
0: 30th minute or something, it's about 30th minute. Akwe gets fouled near the sideline, probably. I'm not sure how far, probably about. Thirty yards? Yeah. From the from the end from the goal line from the end line. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty much right on the end line. And um, the ball's crossed in. And
1: Klonowski, and a former DC United graduate, <laughs> former DC United draft pick, Klonowski. Uh, I feel bad for him. I actually, I completely was, did not make the connection that he was in there. Uh, probably has probably has a, a worse mistake than than Joe
0: Rice. Oh, we have got a crying baby. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. That's not my baby though this time. Although I know, I know he was featured on one of our um, on one of our podcast episodes. All right, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we get that that stroke of luck. It's it's actually funny because Akwe actually thinks that he's getting an offsides call for that, and he actually gets upset.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and but. And in that moment, when I saw the ball go in, I was like, "Wait, is that a goal? Okay, is upset. What's going on? Is it a goal? Okay, I, we're rolling the ball back to the center circle. So I guess it's a goal. <laughs> so I mean, it was really, really weird how that came about. I don't know, and the camera didn't show what the what the the assistant referee was doing. So yeah. we don't know if he threw up a flag or I, and I the ref if it was just a said foul. no. I wonder if it was a foul on the keeper. I like, I thought and I thought no, that's a, probably a foul on the keeper. That, but, but that's the thing when you look at the replay, Akwe didn't touch the keeper. Yeah. He's just jumping back completely. Yes. I don't know, just butterfingers. fingers. Um, completely messes that one up and it goes in the goal. Um, yeah. So they're get, they're counting that as an own goal. Yeah, For, so, it, it
1: has to be. Yeah, because
0: I mean that that wasn't even that was definitely an attempted cross to find Akwe's head. Yeah. Um,
1: and then, hey, they get, a, they get a penalty. They draw a penalty in
0: the... Yeah, just early, just literally a minute or two into the second half. Yeah. Uh, now, now, this one, I credit this goal to Moape. Yeah. I mean, the run he made coming into the box and just that cutback to lose two defenders and to find Gallardo in the middle who draws the foul. Um, just amazing, a... amazing. Great job.
1: I don't know if I call what Gary did an absolute dive, but he certainly embellishes the content.
0: Oh, he of he, does. he does, he does. I actually saw that. What what him. I like to say, he highlights the fact that a foul was committed. There you go. <laughs> As coach your players, right? Yeah. Just
1: Highlight the fact. Just <laughs> make
0: sure the ref because the game's moving at a certain speed and the ref can't catch everything. So if you highlight the fact, yeah, that's that's what I tell my kids. <laughs> But yeah, no. He, he kind of highlights the fact that he's been that there is contact there that and that it's illegal contact of sorts because I mean he he got mama does up, come you know? yeah he does come in behind him pretty not not really that hard but hard enough that I mean you shouldn't be doing that yeah
1: and then uh, Garrett of course gets the penalty steps up the penalty is saved and falls right to right to Hughes who uh, who buries it and, yes I mean that's. I mean that's the type of thing that that's the type of thing I'm talking about. It's like things aren't going your way, bounces aren't going your way. Suddenly, bounces are going your way. Exactly. That, so I mean, like that, that's easily something that we could save, and they get down on themselves, and suddenly Toronto runs back and scores a goal, and we're thinking, here we go
0: again. Exactly. But exactly, you know, bounce goes your way, and Josh Hughes just runs in, takes advantage, just scores. Yeah, just absolutely wonderful. Um, so. As as we go on, in the game, Toronto hit the panic button. Yeah, and they are yeah. just trying everything. Um, they 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 were they really threw the kitchen sink mm-hmm. at the kickers, um, as you could expect. I mean, yeah, I as don't you could expect. I don't yeah, think
1: you you would expect anything different.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> that, that's very a very very um very valiant performance, I would say, by Toronto to to keep pushing, keep trying. But I do want to say that Joe Rice definitely makes amends for the first goal in the second half. I mean, oh, there were a few crosses that came in that he came and took complete control of. Um, there were two absolutely wonderful saves. Um, the first one was another shot. So this one, this was a very unusual situation where Troyer gets beat in the midfield. Um Cervelli, again, um, just completely wrong-foots Troyer with a roulette right in the middle. This probably, I'd say probably 15 yards out from the 18-yard box. He gets past him, completely leaves Troyer in the dust and takes a few touches forward and just rips a shot with a like, venomous knuckleball shot. And Joe Rice with an amazing save to get to it. Later on... Um, they get another long-range chance from even farther out. This was probably 25 to 30 yards out. Um, Petrasso gets a, a, a wide open space after a few passes. And I, I think the kickers are probably thinking, uh, yeah, go ahead. Have a go. This is pretty far out. But this ball was headed for the upper 90, literally the top right corner of the goal. And. Joe Rice just gets his hands up there. And these, these are the types of situations where you sit there and you wonder would as, as great of a goalie as Akira Fitzgerald has been with his stature would he have been able to get to that one? Because we know that Joe Rice has, has the height advantage in right. this situation and he can, get his, he can get his tall frame to get up there.
1: Well I mean I would argue okay yeah maybe he doesn't Get, maybe, maybe, he do, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't get to something like that. I would make the argument, I think on the first Toronto goal, I think Akira has a much better control of his box. Yes. And that's something he's done very, very well. And he's a very athletic keeper as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think this game has had me have any inclinations that Joe Rice should be starting over. Oh, definitely, uh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Akira, Akira is the goalie.
0: Although yeah. you know, I know a lot of people have been looking forward to this moment to see Joe Rice get his first start and yeah. you know get his first start under his belt. I mean after coming on for Akira after Akira got the red card and against Orlando City B, um you could see that everyone was behind Joe Rice. Like, yeah. all right, come on, kid, let's do it. Yeah. And I I think I know I I don't know if you saw on Twitter there was a lot of people saying that Joe Rice should have gotten man of the match. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I'd go that far, but in and abouts, he definitely was a standout player in this game, especially in the second half with um kind of growing into the game as the game went on. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. but uh, for me, man of the match, I would say would be Matt, Matt Baldock. I mean, it, the, the amount of chances he created, the amount of. Headache he gave Toronto mm-hmm. FC it, to me is what counts, and I'm I when I choose a man of the match, I don't go by stats. Oh, this person had such amount of shots and such such amount of goals and this amount of assists. How much did he affect the game? And in mm-hmm. Matt's case, he was the key player for the Kickers in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you, hundred I mean. percent. Yeah. So, another win under our belt. Next game, forward Madison.
1: And Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't watched the, I, their marketing team, I guess, is better. They're sitting right now outside the playoff spot. So, they're kind yeah. of in the same boat. They need a win. They need victories. They
0: need points. Um, they um, got ourselves a win against Orlando City B, 1-0, just like us. Um, the one thing that there are two things that I'm concerned about with Ford Madison. First, uh, watching the watching um, Ford Madison play Orlando City, B, Um there is a sense of chip on the shoulder that you see in a lot of the Ford Madison players. A sense of arrogance, a cockiness, and a tendency to try and get in the head of their opponents. Yeah. Um, When, uh, so Ford Madison had a goal disallowed against Orlando City B. It was a cross that came in. uh, Their striker kind of shoved the goalie out of the way to get his head on it. And he's celebrating and the goalie is sitting on the pitch with his arms up Towards the ref, like, I've been fouled. And forward Madison player just literally celebrating, turns around and walks past him and says something to him. And, I mean, things like that really... and And then on top of that, so now it's a disallowed goal. And then later when they actually do score, it's an assist from this player who scored the disallowed goal. And he's... Again, taunting the goalie. I mean, these, these are things that a lot of people say, you know, it's professional, you know, this shouldn't matter. But then again, let's look at what happened last week. Orlando City B. that, that mosh pit that, <laughs> <laughs> took, that damaged one of our, our advertisement boards. Um, I'm sure it, the kickers ownership loves uh, <laughs> that. I don't think it got damaged. I think it just got knocked over. Hopefully. Um, oh, I got
1: Mason Toye too from he's a Minnesota player. Yeah, and I was just noticing that. Wow, that's yeah. Oof. Yeah, they have
0: a pretty they have a pretty decent team. And another thing, this is going to be an away game. If I'm not mistaken, yep. yep, it's an away game. Watching the Orlando City game, which was a home game for Ford Madison, that stadium was packed. Mm-hmm. I mean that, and the fans were loud rowdy backing their team for the entire game and it's it was pretty I, I would be slightly intimidated if I was an Orlando City B player in that game Yeah, and that's one thing that is always a factor of course they always call a fan base the 12th man and they don't, it's not for no reason so ugh, I'm just hoping that the kickers can really look past that. And I mean, we've got time. It's about, it's almost two weeks away. Yeah. So, off, so, yeah, we get a week off, we get a bye week, can work on some stuff, strengthen in places we need to be strengthening. I'm not sure if Akira's ban, if, if Akira's it was, it was suspension. Just
1: a, it was just a one match suspension. Just one yeah, match? Just
0: okay, so match. We'll, Akira will be back and goal most likely. Um,. And we'll see what happens. I I have a feeling we might see Maxi back in the starting lineup with this much time to prepare mm-hmm. and tweak things and get players used to I this mean, new this new kind of variation of the way the kickers are playing.
1: There's an argument to be made, though, just keeping things. I mean, there's always the philosophy, like, like you don't want to mess up a good thing. Yeah, if it, it ain't broken, do fix it. <laughs> I mean, you know, has this team played... Spectacular, eye-opening football. Maybe not. They played better, sir. And you've gotten two wins out of it. You've played yourself back into you know outside chance at a playoff, and okay. a win in this game, and suddenly you know the gap gets closer, gets closer, and suddenly you're thinking maybe this team could do it. Um, you know you got your home game against uh, against Toronto in the next week, and then you got another road game against Madison. Yeah. So I mean, it, I mean, this team's on like three point. Necessity for the rest of the year. I mean, every game yeah. is a must win. Is it is. Yeah, really
0: want to have any shot in it's so. it's crazy how we're back to back two teams that were all the way at the end of July. These are two teams we haven't met yet. So Toronto FC two and Forward Madison. These are two yeah. teams we haven't played against yet. Um,
1: do we want to talk? We want to talk. Do We want to. B- do we want to <laughs> respond to some of the the fan bases? Oh, I mean. Well, here's, here's, so here, here, here are my thoughts. Especially, things have gotten better. so This kind of, you know, mutes maybe a little bit of my argument. You know, I think these past two games have shown that Bulo has a sense of an ability to get things right and to, and to do the right things to, to help his team win. Yeah. Uh, and be very practical in how he does it. And I think the team has to see, has to see this out you know they yeah. can't you're already dealing with a situation where you know you don't have unli- you don't have an unlimited amount of funds that you can spend to make to bring it, to bring players in mm-hmm. you don't have a you know rich uncle who's gonna come in and you know
0: splash some cash splash sure. cash to bring in players I mean
1: we're you know we're looking at the end, middle of the season and you know it's like who who does this team bring in who would even want you know you're going to have this very, very difficult to find players. I think they did an excellent job bringing in, you know, Gallardo with a lot of talent and everything mm-hmm. like that. And, I mean, you're still dealing, and everybody seems to be bringing up games last season as kind of a knock against him. and you know, we didn't, He didn't look good last season, and they didn't look good this season. I well, said, the last season he was playing <laughs> with Shaw's team. Literally, he gets hired, and then, oh yeah, by the way, the team's moving to League One. So, all the players on the roster are like, well, I'm just here to make a paycheck at this point. Make a paycheck for yeah. the rest of the season, and then out, I'm out. And yeah. I'm out, like, you know, mo- like most of them did, other than, you know, Shinovsky, Thompson, Troyer, and th- those were the only three, really, that I can think of that's, yeah. that stuck around. Um, but it, am I? And if you fire him now, then it, there's never, and, and this is always, I have a conversation with people, you fire the coach and then what? What do you do then? Yeah. Who coaches the seniors? Lee Kowalchuk come back. I don't know, yeah, you, Does Michael finish out the season? Yeah. I mean, you don't have you don't have an unlimited supply. I think you have a really talented coach in Bielo. This is a guy that a lot of people were trying to recruit. Yeah. He, he before he took the job with the kickers, he was already having interviews for other jobs. Exactly. And they convinced him to stay with the kickers. And he's you got to let him build something, and you got to let him get you know. It, Signing players is not, you know, th- there's no relegation, thank goodness, yeah. for this team, you know, and you you got to, at least this team is, it has an, something that they can build towards. I felt like for a long time under Lee Calatrolli it was just like, we're just, it was, it was just, even when they made the playoffs, they barely made the playoffs, it was just like, what's really building what are we really building towards
0: here yeah now
1: I feel like with the new ownership and everything like that it's not just like a caretaker situation Mm -hmm. it's an actual like here's what this is going to be what our identity is this is how we're going to build things um
0: yeah and that's another thing that a lot of people are overlooking the fact that this is not just a new manager this is a new manager a brand new squad bar three players yeah a brand new front office, a brand new ownership. I mean this this is just the only thing that isn't brand new is the stadium. I mean yeah. <laughs> at this point and it's it's going to take a while for the club to really get the wheels turning in a fluid manner. Yeah. Um but at this point, I mean, wh- you see signs that there is a bright future. When you see Players like Joe Gallardo, Moape, you see players like Lockerbie, um, assigning players from USL League Two like Joe Rice. Um, these, are, these are the types of things that, that, that really, you know, that's, that should show you that things. And, and again, so one thing a lot of people are also forgetting is, well, yeah bunch of injuries at the front end of the season like in preseason we lost Lucas Mendez in preseason Um, Troyer we didn't start off the season healthy Um, Lockerbie was in and out of injury I mean we had players who were injured key players who were injured and players who I think at the point of signing Bulo wanted to use for a particular reason and because of certain injuries Things had to be tweaked at the last minute. Yeah. How are we going to plug this gap? How are we going to fill this position? And you had players that were doing, going out there and doing a valiant job, doing a great job. Because, I mean, the first three, four games of the season <laughs> were great. I mean, yeah. to be honest with you, the team looked good. We looked good. Then we started getting to, into that literally month and a half, two months of sheer bad luck. Yeah. Um, bad luck. Yeah, it, I, the, the best side, is the team, everyone figured out
1: how to defend uh, Joe Gallardo exactly but Joe Gallardo ripped up the league the first half of the season and the team said okay we'll shut down Joe Gallardo and there was no other there was nothing much else and now the team is starting to work into that where they can succeed if Joe Gallardo doesn't Joe Gallardo doesn't have to do something amazing yeah, for the team to succeed and I mean at at,
0: at this point with other players stepping up players like Muape players like Matt Bolduc Chin. Chin um even Lockerbie, who oh, I still agree with, Elliot is probably the fastest player in League One. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy, the guy has he's he's got jets. Uh, <laughs> and, and
1: I think the team is starting to realize that maybe they didn't do a good enough job of sort of selling this as a a project. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing another you know, article in the Richmond Magazine come out. You know, I think they could have maybe they could have and maybe it was the fact that they didn't know I mean they're kind of playing blind with the rest of the league and then yeah. um, and and now it's like okay so like you know now everybody's back everybody's uh, um, you know and now they have an identity they're trying to build something and I think if they had come out maybe more with that in the beginning and said well we don't know how good this team's going to be we think we've, we've got you know some talent in here but this is, we're preparing for a longer build and a longer project if things don't go well. Uh, I think there was kind of a lot of silence as to how the team was going to do this. So We were kind of filling in the gaps and being like, oh, well, they're moving down to League One, so this should be great. Yeah, <laughs> like This should be like, you know, they should have... And a, we had no idea, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no idea North Texas was, was mean, the, coming. Yeah, I had no idea Texas was coming. I mean, coming from the
0: basic, basically FC Dallas's B team and FC Dallas has one of the best academies oh, in the yeah, country. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. again, I, and I harp on it, and a lot of people would probably downplay it. North Texas, those guys have been playing together since mm-hmm. they were 10. And, and that, is, that has a very, very big factor on a game-to-game basis throughout a season.
1: Yeah, all that type of stuff.
0: Not only identity, just they, they know each other like the back of their hands. That is devastating. We saw, We. I mean, when we see some of the greatest moments of chemistry in football when you think of Suarez when he was with Liverpool and Sturridge and just that almost telepathic connection. That's what you've got with this young North Texas team. Yeah. The young, they've been playing together forever. There's a system that they have been bred into for the longest. I mean, it's it's going to be hard to be I, I At the beginning, not knowing that Everyone was probably like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a crazy season. Like, the first place team will have been last. By the end of the season, the first place team will have been last place two weeks before the last day, like, with just 10 teams. But now we see North Texas is literally running away with it. Yeah, and there's definitely,
1: I mean, there's been a a talent gap escape, and there's mm -hmm. been, you know, there's been a, a, there's started to be a top tier develop, and Mm -hmm. kind of where the kickers are. But, you know, I, I, I just have anyone who gets frustrated by how things look. I mean, be patient. This is what being a sports fan is all about. Exactly. You live for the moments of frust- you know—you live through the moments of frustration because the moments when success happens are amazing, and you know, going through all that, you know, it's what makes you. It's what makes a sports fan. It's why we care. It's why we watch. And yeah. You know, you have to suffer sometimes. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know. uh, point I know point about is, that. point <laughs> is, Bulo and um, you know, fully able to revisit this next season, middle of the year. But you got to give him, you got to give him a couple transfer windows, off seasons to rebuild to something. So. To yeah, we're being kicked out of library right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so we're gonna wrap up. Um, again, yeah. So I agree with you, Bulo in. Um. Next game, forward Madison. Hopefully, like we said, if we keep the same formation, keep things going the way they are, tweak any errors that need to be tweaked any small details, we should be able to do a very good game against forward Madison. Um, with that being said, Ted, thanks for coming on. Absolutely, my friend. All right. <laughs> and I was Schneer, and you guys have been awesome. We'll catch you on the good side. Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. You can now find us on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Apple Podcasts. So, listen on your favorite podcast app, leave a like, a review, and give us a share. Hope you enjoyed it.